0: Today, we're reading 2 Corinthians chapter 6. As God's fellow workers, then, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain, for he says, In the time of favor I heard you, and in the day of salvation I helped you. Behold, now is the time of favor, now is the day of salvation. We put no obstacle in anyone's way, so that no one can discredit our ministry. Rather, as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way, in great endurance in troubles, hardships, and calamities, in beatings, imprisonments, and riots, in labor, sleepless nights, and hunger, in purity, knowledge, patience, and kindness, in the Holy Spirit, and in sincere love, in truthful speech, and in the power of God, with the weapons of righteousness in the right hand and the left, through glory and dishonor, slander and praise, viewed as impostors, yet genuine, as unknown, yet Well known, dying, and yet we live on, punished, yet not killed, sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, poor, yet making many rich, having nothing, yet possessing everything. We have spoken freely to you, Corinthians. Our hearts are open wide. It is not our affection, but yours, that is restrained. As a fair exchange, I ask you as my children, open wide your hearts also. Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership can righteousness have with wickedness? Or what fellowship does light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Belial? Or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What agreement can exist between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell with them and walk among them. And I will be their God, and they will be my people. Therefore come out from among them, and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing, and I will receive you. And I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. This is God's word. This chapter continues the thread of the past several chapters. Paul commended the ministry of himself and his co-workers to the fickle, loveless Corinthians. We see that in verse 12. We see that they're loveless, I should say, in verse 12. Verses 1 and 2, here in 2 Corinthians 6, wrapped up the discussion from chapter 3 about the importance of the gospel message which Paul and his men preached. Verses 3 through 10 laid out the reasons why Paul and his associates should be loved and championed by the believers in Corinth. Then in verses 11 through 13, Paul directly urged the church in Corinth to give that love and acceptance to him and his co workers in the gospel. In verses 14 through 18, Paul changed the subject to the relationship the church in Corinth should have with unbelievers. This seems like a sudden change in subject, like a driver who unexpectedly made a right hand turn from the left hand turn lane. This is not Paul's. Usual style for moving from one topic to another, so it is possible, likely even, that this section is connected to the previous section. Verses 11 and 12 pleaded for the Corinthians to, quote, open wide your hearts also, end quote, to Paul and his associates. Those verses, plus this section, may indicate that Paul feared the church was turning away from his leadership and toward some other kind of spiritual leadership, a leadership that came from unbelievers. Note how verse 16 says, What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. Given the strong presence of idolatry in Corinth, it might be that the Corinthians had moved from merely eating food offered to idols, as we saw in 1 Corinthians, and had now begun mixing Christ with some other religion and some other religious practices in Corinth. If that's true, and the Corinthians were flirting with idolatry in some way, then how would this passage apply to us today? Well, first of all, the most common application of this passage, don't marry an unbeliever, would still apply. Verse 14 laid down a command that could apply across many dimensions of a believer's life, especially and including who you marry. But secondly, consider the phrase, we are the temple of the living God in verse 16b. The wording of that verse seems to suggest the entire church Is God's temple, not our individual bodies as the temple of the Holy Spirit, although that is discussed elsewhere, especially in 1 Corinthians. But Paul seems to be discussing the whole church here, and maybe the church in Corinth had begun accepting unbelievers into membership, treating them as if they were Christians, even though they were freely mixing Christianity with idolatry. Maybe they had begun using the idol temples as places for Christian worship, and the unsaved population around them was confused by this. Maybe they even began consulting with false teachers from the idol temples, borrowing some of their ideas to mix with the scripture. These days there are churches that perform secular songs in their worship services. There are churches who recommend books and authors that are spiritual but not Christian. These would, in my opinion, be violations of this passage. 1 Corinthians 6, then, teaches us to be careful about how we treat those who don't explicitly claim to follow Jesus. We may read books by secular authors, but we should never treat any book but God's Word as the authority on any subject. To do that would be placing that book on a level similar to Scripture. We certainly should allow unbelievers to attend our church. After all, this is the place where they can hear the gospel and see it lived out in our lives but we should not act as if everyone who attends a weekly uh, worship service is automatically a believer just because they're coming to church. What is your relationship to unbelievers? The Bible certainly calls us to be in contact with them so as to give them the gospel message and live out our faith among them. But we must be careful about giving unbelievers an audience or an acceptance that is equal to or greater than the acceptance and authority of Christ himself. So think about your relationship with unbelievers, whether it's unbelieving authors that you listen to or other forms of media or unbelievers in real life. Think about what it means to have a relationship with that person, but also to be faithful to Jesus. If you found this devotional helpful and you didn't find it in your email this morning, please go to my website at dailypbj.com slash subscribe to subscribe to receive it in your email every morning. Also, I'm looking for some financial support, so please go to dailypbj.com support if you'd like to see these videos continue and expand in other ways. If you found this helpful, could you share it with someone else who might want to become part of my audience? Thank you so much. May God bless you. I hope you have a great day. We'll see you next time.